Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, a podcast brought to you by Seneca Women. During a trip to India in 1995, Hillary Rodham Clinton met members of the Self-Employed Women's Association, an organization known as SEWA. As she heard success stories from some of the country's poorest women, she learned how these women were able to change their lives with just a small loan and a basic business education. Hillary and the executive director of SEWA, Rima Nanavati, joined Milan at the Seneca Women Forum at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Hear how SEWA is helping women achieve economic independence, why implementing simple organizational practices are the key to a successful business, and how technology is opening unexpected doors to opportunity for these women. Enjoy the conversation and stick around after for my top takeaways. Well, we're very excited, and you're going to hear some very wonderful things about a great organization and somebody who knows it well. So the woman to my right needs no introduction, clearly. But since we're celebrating women's leadership and we're hearkening back to the Equal Rights Convention at Seneca Falls, I just want to review very quickly First Lady, went to the Beijing Women's Conference, the UN World Conference, women's rights are human rights, sparked a global movement. (laughs) Moved on to the Senate from New York, first woman elected to the Senate in New York. and then to the State Department as Secretary of State, highly respected. And then our major political party nominated her as the first woman ever nominated to be president. And should I add, she did get the popular vote. But she just accused me of being a troublemaker. Uh, But you know all that. But what you may not know is how many women's organizations at home and around the world she has lifted up and given voice to and validated. Uh, And that's why we're here, to talk about the work of SEWA, the Self-Employed Women's Association. And you just saw this opening video. And I want to... Rima Nanavati is the head of SEWA. She truly has provided freedom to millions of poor women in India through economic empowerment. And to her right is one of the members of SEWA, who you'll hear, hear from later in our conversation. 
Gauri Ramabai. And you saw her, she's a movie star. So Secretary Clinton, some 20 plus years ago, you visited Sewa in Ahmedabad, India. Tell us what you remember, what, what was there? You know, I have to start by um, thanking uh, Milan for her tireless work on behalf of women and girls here at home and around the world. And she has been my uh, colleague, my friend, my partner, uh, in all of this work now for, uh, oh, 26, 27 years. One of the most thrilling meetings that I've ever had in public life is when I visited Sewa's headquarters in 1995. I'd heard about this amazing woman, Ila Bhatt, who in 1972 started an organization for self-employed women, poor women, women working in the salt fields, women working on farms, women working in markets, women working at home with embroidery and other uh, crafts. And Ela had this idea, and it was way before its time, that by organizing women to have a voice for themselves, to be given some assistance, small micro loans and guidance and support, they could become self-sufficient and they could also contribute to their family's uh, well-being. So when I went to visit them in 1995, um, they showed me their ledgers and the ledgers had the money that had been lent to thousands of women and how it was being paid back. And I often said that the payment record of poor women in India, which was like 99.9%, .9 was better than most commercial banks uh, in our country or elsewhere, because these women were so grateful to have this financial assistance. So after looking at the ledgers, I was led out to an area outside a tent that was tented. And there were, I don't know how many thousands of women, some of whom had walked a day to get there. It was a sea of color because it was every color of sari, every kind of embroidery. It was the most beautiful sight and we talked, and um, I asked a few questions, and one of the women told me why being a member of Sewa was so important to her, because she said she had freedom, and she could be free from not only her husband, but her mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and... When we finished talking and I got up thinking that it was time to leave, all the women rose and they began to sing We Shall Overcome in uh, Gujarati. What I saw that day was so inspiring to me because it was the power of hope. It was by dint of hard work. It was the support that they were giving to one another. It was the fact they were organized. 
And I stayed in touch. I would see Rima or others from time to time here in this country. When I was Secretary of State, I went back uh, and made it absolutely a stop on my tour because I wanted to continue the work we had done to lift up uh, the lives uh, of women. And especially, the it was when I was Secretary of State, 1.2 million members. Now it's 2 million in India and another million and a half in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, other places. I just can't speak enough about how this has truly provided economic empowerment and through economic empowerment, freedom and dignity and the full fulfillment of the lives of so many women. And now we're on to the second and even third generation of the daughters and granddaughters. And they want different things. They want a different kind of Sewa, although 40% of Sewa's members in India are women under 30, right? So there's so much to be learned from what they have accomplished, but I also think it's such a good news story uh, that it's really important that more people hear it. And I'm thrilled that uh, Rima can be here to tell us firsthand about the progress that Sewa has made. So Rima, tell us about, uh, I'm sure there are many in this audience who are not acquainted with the work of Sewa. Tell us how you move women, the great majority of, of them start out as waste pickers and how they come to have work with dignity that's sustainable. Um, namaste. Thank you so much. And it's such an honor to be again, you know, with you, Secretary Clinton. And Milan has been a true supporter all through in this um, two decades. Um, you gave such a wonderful introduction, so I don't need to uh, repeat that again. But I think the message that I bring today on behalf of all our two million um, sisters from India is, and especially from the young members of SEVA who are aspiring, um, who are looking for more hope, who are looking for a peaceful world, who are looking for a world in which they have work, which brings them dignity, which also brings them self-respect. And I think the biggest message, which I've been telling Milan again and again, is that, you know, poor do not want charity. I think all they want is an enabling environment where they can come together and listening all through this evening, I felt that, you know, solidarity, sisterhood. And um, I think it's the power of work, which is so magical. When women's work gets voice and visibility and validity, when they come together as poor, as women, and as workers, um, she's able to, and when she gets work based on the skills and the knowledge that she has, it gives her that tremendous confidence. And then she gains, gains the collective strength from the camaraderie of other sisters that she's um, together with. And I think it's that organizing um, that gives her that strength. And with organizing, then the members of SEVA are able to tap into to get small loans, uh, which otherwise they are not um, you know, readily 
um, given access to. She's able to build her infrastructure. She's able to gain access to healthcare. She's able to build her own enterprise, get access to markets. In short, she's able to lift herself out of poverty. And um, she's able to then take on any challenges that life may bring to her. And I'm saying this not just on behalf of our two million sisters in India, but also we have seen that in Afghanistan or in Pakistan, in the war-torn areas of Sri Lanka or in Myanmar or in Bhutan. And I think um, the other message that um, we would like to share on behalf of our millions of sisters is that you know when you put technology into their hands, they know how the best application of it could be. You know how can a waste collector also can use a robot? You know, and so robotics is nothing bad, but you know she no longer has to you know rummage through the garbage, but she can use a robot to do all that, or a manual scavenger who has to get down into the trains in our country still to, you know, clean those trains, if she has access to robotics, how she can change her life, you know? Or um, a young daughter of a farmer who feels that, you know, how can she turn her farm into an enterprise? And that's where, you know, how she can use AI into agriculture and farming. We learned it from you, sir, Secretary Clinton, when you had invited one of our small farmers to the State Department and how she was sharing that having an, she took out a small loan to take a cell phone, to buy a cell phone. And now she runs her own agribusiness company with 250,000 small women farmers like her, which has a turnover of about 10 million rupees. And I think it's the same woman when she, this year in our annual general meeting, she rose up and she said, 17 years ago, I had no identity of my own. I was confined to the four walls of my house. Today, I no longer feel I'm poor. I may be illiterate, but I'm not poor. And I think this is the kind of dignity. This is the kind of self-respect. Um, that, I think, brings the women out of poverty. So, Rima raised... Um, <laughs> the issue of technology, which you might think doesn't go together with illiterate women, uh, but what they are able to do through technology is extraordinary. And one of the things that you did, Secretary Clinton, at the State Department is you were trying to close the gender gap in mobile technology. Now, why did that matter? Well, that's um, exactly right. Um, as Rima said, and really I was inspired by what uh, women in Sewa were able to do if they had access uh, to technology, particularly mobile phones. Um, we knew that there was a gap in uh, mobile phone ownership and usage between men and women. And we knew that uh, if we could help to close that gap, it would provide opportunities for women to utilize uh, technology in their businesses and in their homes and families. Uh, so we did have a big initiative uh, 
to try to uh, work with other foundations and other uh, leaders, uh, Cherie Blair was someone working on that through her foundation, uh, to help lower the price, increase the access, uh, provide education, although everybody was a really fast learner once they got access uh, to it. It's uh, wonderful to see. Uh, and, and we found you could deliver messages, you can deliver health messages, you can deliver messages about weather, which is really important if you're a farmer. Um, you could deliver messages about education uh, if you are worried about your children's future. There was just a, an unlimited uh, number of uses that could be um, imagined and then implemented for uh, technology. And I'm thrilled that Sewa has been a real leader in this. Uh, there, there are other uh, women's groups, micro-enterprise groups, organized groups, um, in other parts of the world, but SEWA has been a leader in adaptability. If I could mention one other area that we worked on when I was in the uh, State Department was clean cook stoves. Mm -hmm. um, clean cook stoves was a passion of mine because respiratory distress is the fourth leading cause of death for women and children worldwide. Because if you're um, cooking over... Uh, a fire made uh, with wood or dung, uh, and you breathe the smoke, and especially if you're in a small space, uh, you acquire all kinds of respiratory um, ailments, and often they lead to um, decreased lung capacity and even death. So one of our initiatives in the State Department was to promote clean cook stoves, and Sewa was a great partner, because you had to get models that would work in different climates, that would work with different, uh, uh, different villages, different groups of women who were used to uh, spending their time hunting for firewood and, and would need to learn a new way of cooking. Uh, but Sewa has been instrumental in spreading clean cook stoves in India, uh, which over time, if we keep it up and we're determined to do that, uh, is going to uh, save lives and improve the uh, the quality of life for many women. Do you want to say something about that, Rima? Uh. Sure. I think um, when um, Secretary um, Clinton had first asked that, you know, what do you think about cook stoves? And, um, oh, gee, um, you know, definitely because this is what women have to deal day in and day out. But, you know, in countries like ours, everybody has taken that cooking is taken for granted that, you know, women have to cook. So what's a big deal in it? Um, and, you know, we wanted to bring uh, clean cook stoves. We wanted to bring clean fuel to the houses of the women. But we didn't want to distribute stoves. And so, you know, um, we designed a whole... Um, program where, you know, IFC, the International Finance Corporation, gave a first loss guarantee and each woman bought a clean cook stove. So today we have half a million women using those clean cook stoves and, you know, once... Um But it was a challenge for us because, you know, the husbands and the mother-in-law always thought that, you know, oh, we have been cooking for generation, so why do you need to take a loan for a cook stove? And um, 
then then the challenge of how do you upkeep and maintain those coke stirs and then from coke stirs the women now started using the lpg so they are moving up into the social ladder and with that then we started bringing in solar power so you have you know, a solar-powered cook stove, so she no longer has to depend on whether the fan in the stove is working or not, or, you know, whether she still needs to cut the fuel and chop it, but she just has a solar power, and she just plugs it in, and the stove is up and running. And I think we are now scaling this up to take it to all our two million members. And that brought in a whole aspect of how do you bring access to energy? Because if you really want to improve and strengthen the livelihoods, energy is so there's a, such a strong nexus between women, energy, fuel, you know, food and nutrition. And you've created a nexus with the private sector because a lot of what you've been able to do has been because businesses have partnered with Sewa. Maybe you could mention your new health venture and then we can move on quickly to uh, your friend to your right and the exciting work she's doing. Yeah, and we shouldn't be keeping them all holding. They've been patiently listening for last two hours, but I think, <laughs> and just a few more minutes and we'll stop here for you all to have a <laughs> lovely evening meal as well. But I think as you write, <laughs> As you rightly brought out that, you know, my second big message on behalf of our millions of sisters, Secretary Clinton, is that what they need is partnerships. And I think the kind of partnerships, you partner in growth, but you also partner in, you know, the difficult times or in the losses as well. And that will help the enterprises grow. How do you bring access to healthcare? How do you bring, like how we brought banking at the doorstep, how do you bring access to healthcare at their doorstep? And that's where I think um, we have been very fortunate to be able to partner with Abbott. Um, and again, as I said, we don't want charity, so we didn't want anything free. But how do you create a model that is sustainable and that women can have access to healthcare at their doorstep? So we have the young daughters of Gauri Benza, the daughters-in-law, who have handheld devices, who have those glucometers, who go from house to house, and you know they keep track of the health parameters of our members, and. Um, you know, how when the parameter is crossing danger lines, how do you take her to referral services? And that's the kind of a model that we are creating. Also to take it to policy level when we talk about universal health care. What does it actually mean for the rural and the poor women or the women in the informal sector? And um, that's the kind of the partnership that we are talking about. So it's a win-win, um, you know, for the members as well. So technology, innovation, Airbnb, illiterate women, what are they doing on Airbnb? You know, how do you um, 
when we have the issues of security and mobility of young daughters or young daughters-in-law and who have studied but you know who are not able to find meaningful productive work and that's where you know I tumbled across Airbnb my son was studying at RISD and um, there was the alumni of RISD who's the founder of Airbnb and I was getting introduced and I thought what will I on earth do with Airbnb B&B. And then I thought, anyway, if I'm meeting, I should really innovate something. And there I, you know, lo and behold, and I approached Airbnb back home in India, and I said, would you list my sister's homes on Airbnb? And like, rural homes on Airbnb? So let's hear the story from my own sister, as today we have close to 1,000 homes listed on Airbnb. <laughs> I'm Gauri Ben and I've been a member of Seva now for 25 years and I want to say that you would have seen uh, and you would have come across several companies in this world but not a company like mine where the owners and managers are all women like me and we control the entire supply chain right from purchase of raw material to the sale of finished products. So we are the owners of our company. Thank so I think you have a flavor of Sewa. We invite you to go visit the Indian villages listed on Airbnb. If your companies to partner uh, with, with Sewa, they're wonderful partnerships that can be developed. There are successful ones ongoing. I don't know if you want to add anything, Secretary Clinton, but uh, it's been quite an experience. It has, and I'm so happy that we could uh, share uh, the stories you've just heard with all of you, and I would only uh, underscore what Milan said. Uh, this is a really good investment for a partnership for the kind of uh, visible progress that can be made in uh, people's lives, women's lives. And Sewa has been plowing that ground now for decades, but they're really at a new level um, of development. And it's something that Rima and the leadership of Sewa are really focused on. You heard her briefly mention the health insurance program that they're going to be rolling out. We need good models today, don't we? We need to demonstrate that we can, we can get things to work and we can help people and we can all be the better for it. And as you just heard, I mean, we really are all in this together, whether we want to admit it or not. And if we do admit it, then there's a, an opportunity for everybody to partner with Sewa uh, in some way. And so I would, I would urge you to... Uh, follow up uh, directly or through Milan, uh, and I, I think I'm supposed to get another presentation, aren't I? You're supposed to get a presentation from Gori. Yes. So let's see what she has for you. I'm a part of the
I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the incredible women of Sewa. Visit Sewa.org for more information about the Self-Employed Women's Association. Our top takeaways? First, women's economic empowerment is critical. When women can make and manage their own money, they're able to exercise better control over their own lives and help provide for their families. It also creates a double dividend. Women reinvest 90% of their earnings back into their communities and economies. Second, those in need are looking for opportunity, not charity. They need a hand up, not a handout. Lastly, as Rima shares, partnerships can accelerate progress for women. Beyond philanthropic gestures, a well-designed partnership with the private sector can result in sustainable programs that create shared value. They're both good for women and good for business. You're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, a podcast brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network with support from founding partner P&G. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, and check out the Seneca Women app free in the App Store. Have a great week.